you've got a reason to praise him. If you're not here, you still have a reason to praise him. The very breath that you're breathing in right now was given to you for one reason. It's to give back to him in praise. To give back to him in praise. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you will face. The breath that you're given, that you're breathing in right now, was given by the Creator, God Almighty, for one reason, for you to give it back to Him. His Word tells us that if we'll give, it'll come back to us, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And it's not only talking about finances. Give Him your all. Give Him your life. Give Him everything. Turn it over to Him. Today is a, is a, is a beautiful day. I, I, you know what? I was standing there thinking... I would rather be outside right now than I would in the sanctuary. What a wonderful day. What a beautiful day it is. For everyone that can hear this, that will ride by to see the saints of God coming together, not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not ashamed of who we worship. We're not ashamed of whose we are. We're not afraid of what's coming or what's going on. We won't bow down. We will worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we will exalt His name forever. We'll exalt it out in the public. We'll exalt it in the private. But I can promise you, your public worship will never, out, will never outdo your private worship. Worship Him in spirit and in truth, and that's who He's looking for. He's looking for a church that's hungry, that is humble, and that is willing. It's, your, it's, it's the breath. We'll give it back to Him today. We'll give it back to Him today. Join us in prayer, Lord. We thank you for this day. Thank you for this beautiful weather. Thank you for the privilege to speak, to preach, to teach your gospel. Lord, we thank you that you hear us when we cry and when we call out to you. Lord, we even thank you for the trouble. We thank you for the hard times. We thank you for the storms because, Lord, you're faithful. You'll never leave us nor forsake us, and you are closer than a brother. Lord, we thank you, Father. I pray that you would bring peace to those that are this morning find themselves in turmoil. You bring healing to the sick, freedom to those that are bound. Lord, we pray that you would save not only uh, those that will hear that are hearing this now, but that will hear this, their souls will be saved, Lord. Lord, that this nation would turn to you once again, but Lord, first let the church turn to you. Lord, let us, your people, turn to you. I pray, Lord, that you would you would move in a miraculous way not only in old pine ridge drive but in lincoln county in north carolina all across this nation lord you would begin to move through your people lord let your word be heard let your let let your praise our praises go up to you we thank you father we thank you father lord as people ride by we ask that you would begin to draw their hearts and they would respond to you Lord, that this day we know your word does not return void. But, Lord, we pray as the seed is planted in water. Lord, we ask. We ask, Lord. We know that the harvest is plentiful. And I pray that we be faithful to the end. We give you honor and glory in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, guys, for uh, everything. I was standing over there and I was thinking what, how blessed we are as a body, how blessed we are to have the opportunities and the privileges that we do. Uh, we're so thankful for, for uh, all of those who give uh, selflessly, 
to this has not been an easy chore or task. I said this morning, I can't wait until we can organize some things because inside looks like a bomb went off because we just cram all of this stuff back in and kind of leave it. Um, but you know what? It's all right. We do it every time. But thank you to all of those who help. Uh, if I name names, I always forget one. But thank you to all those who help with the live stream, the sound, the music, the setup, the everything it takes. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you guys for, for continuing to support financially so that we can just keep on going. Uh, while we have been uh, doing this out here, I'm sure a lot of you are aware that we've been doing a lot of work inside. So it's going to look different when you come back in. But it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And uh, um, we're excited. We are excited. We're, we're getting ready to put a baptistry in. And some are saying, well, we feel like a real church. We'll have a baptistry in there. Uh, so we won't have to do it in the hot tub anymore. We won't, we won't have to do it in a blow-up pool anymore. But, hey, thank God that we had an idea and that it worked when it did. But uh, we're, we're always, uh, seems to always we are being stretched. And thank God for that. Um, I want you to turn in your word this morning to a familiar passage of Scripture in uh, Exodus chapter 1. And uh, first, let me say again and just uh, reiterate to, to what Summer said, Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Uh, happy Mother's Day to my wife, the best mom. And uh, I, I, my mom is no longer here with me, but uh, I cherish your mother while you got her. Love her while you can, and uh, one day I'll see her again. But in, uh, as I was kind of thinking, I never preached themed messages, if you will, but thinking about mothers and how many mothers go unnoticed and un, uh, unappreciated, if you will. Um, a lot of them do. A lot of people do in general. But I want to minister this morning using for a title... If you will, faith, not fame. Faith, not fame. And it's amazing how the little things in life really aren't that little. Um, little ants can come together and they can, they can actually, little ants can take down a, a, a big tree. They can get in and root their way around and, t and, and dig tunnels and all those things, and it'll take down a large tree. Termites will take them down too. Uh, little grains of sand can get into your engine and stop it. Just a tiny grain of sand. And we all remember when the, when the um, uh, I can't remember his name. I want to say Captain Huey, but I know that's not right. He, he landed the plane in the Hudson River, Sully, Captain Sully. But anyway, uh, a bird took down a, a giant jet and the word tells us that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. But in life, we tend to look over or look past or beyond the little things. And, and I'm sure that uh, in recent days, many have done good things and they've done great deeds. And those things have gone unnoticed. They, they're not reported on the news. In fact, the only thing you really see on the news is doom and gloom. But those things aren't written up in, in newspapers or they're not on headlines Many people have performed those things, and they're not going to receive any notoriety, and that's okay. Many people will, will uh, focus on only what's seen and, and not what they don't see, and, and they never remember what led up to that great moment. Uh, quite a few years ago, Summer and I were um, 
going to uh, services down in, in, in Greenville. And uh, we happened to be there. This church's 17-year anniversary. And uh, the Lord had blessed them, and, and, and they were, a, a tr I mean, very large. I don't know how many people went there, but uh, it was over 10,000 people. But what I saw that day, I didn't see the, the, the first year, the first day. And he kind of reiterated and, and just brought up to what led up to that. And he was talking about they started with seven people in a metal building in the middle of August with no air conditioning. And, and he said that day, I don't know if that was the Lord or just stupid, but what people see, they don't realize what leads up to that. We see a garden, in a few months you'll see the, 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 the garden, the, 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 the fruit of the garden, if you will, or the vegetables taking place and all those. But what about all the plowing and the preparing and all of those things that led up to that? We want to reap the benefits, but we don't want to do anything that, that leads to getting those. You see the great trunk rising from the ground of the oak tree or the redwood, and, and you see the limbs and the foliage, or, or you look at a a uh, orange grove and you see the oranges and the trees but what is it that's causing those things to sustain life it's what you don't see it's the roots it's in the ground we see the beautiful houses and the buildings and and, the, the, and if you go to charlotte you'll see the high rises and you see all of those things but the very thing that is holding those you'll never see it's the foundation it's the structure and i promise you you cannot outgrow your foundation we see those things, and what we see is what we think things really are. And what is hidden or, or what we don't see most of the time, we don't give any attention or pay any attention to. We neglect it. What you see is what you get, but 99% of the time, what you don't see is what really matters. Uh, I want to take a little time this morning and talk about some of the unseen things in life and Talk about, uh, uh, I guess, if you will, some, some, some folks that you may be not really familiar with. Maybe not. We preach about Paul and Matthew and, of course, Jesus and, and Mark and Luke, and we talk about Daniel and we, we talk about David, and we talk about all of these greats, if you will. But can I tell you that if you are saved, if your name is written down in the Lamb Book of Life, you are great in the eyes of the Lord because of who is in you. does not matter uh, if, if the world knows your name or they do not. But in Exodus chapter 1, I'll read first, uh, verses 7 through 21, I'm going to read. It says, And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty, and the land was filled with them. Now there arose a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when there falls out uh, any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us, and so get them up out of the land. Therefore they did set, them o set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens as they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Pidom and Ramses, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and they were grieved because of the children of Israel. I want you to take note of that verse. The more they were afflicted, 
the more they grew. Verse 13 says, And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve them, uh, serve with rigor. They made their lives bitter with hard bondage and mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field, all their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. And the king of Egypt spoke and he, uh, to the Hebrew midwives, of which name of one was Sapphira and the other was Pua. He said, when you do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then you shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. The king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have you done this thing and have saved the men children alive? The midwife said unto Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively and are delivered ere the midwives come in unto them. Therefore God dealt with the midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. And it came to pass, because the midwives feared God, that he made them houses. Again, we, we like to focus on the greats, if you will, the terminology, uh, the names that you're familiar with. We want to preach about those people. But two people made a, a played a huge role in what the Lord had done and what he had in plan. And two people that many people probably don't even know or very not, are really not familiar with their lives, but it's Sephira and, and Pua, Pua or Pua. That's not a common name that you hear all the time. It's not a name that you're going to go running around and talking about. But we, we know this story well, and we've heard hundreds of sermons on it. We've heard the messages preached on it. We've heard the lessons and how God is faithful in the difficult times and how he'll continue to increase when all the odds are stacked against us. And all these are true. He is faithful, and he'll bring increase even when we're afflicted, we'll multiply. Somebody ought to be happy that God does not God does not work in the parameters of man. The government can try to shut down all they want, but what God has set into motion, when the when the church when God's people are afflicted, they don't crumble and go away, they multiply. The gospel has went out more over the last 60 days than it ever has in the entirety of the world through social media, through the Internet, through all things. All of this is not a bad thing. Yes, we're missing the personal touch that we're used to. We're, we're whatever. We're, it's not normal. But the gospel has been heard more in the last 60 days than it ever has in the entirety of the world. Ever. And if we have to give up some comforts and if we have to uh, not be in our padded chair and if we have to, have to do it from a parking lot in a car, so be it. But when God's people are pressed, when they are persecuted, when they are pushed down, the Word tells us that we may be uh, pressed but not crushed, persecuted, not destroyed, not abandoned, not destroyed. They were afflicted, but yet they multiplied. But when the church today, that seems in 2020, becomes under affliction, we crumble and we hush. We stop. I've, I've, listen, I've been accused of buckling. 
Why don't we just buck the system and open the doors? Let me tell you something. I'm not afraid, and I'm not going to bow, and I'm not going to move, but I'm not going to go look for a fight when I don't have to have one. I'm going to preach God's Word and let Him fight for me. Come on, somebody. I'm called to fight the good fight of faith. I was never called to engage in a war. I'll stand my ground. I'm not going to move. But I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. So we know this story. We know how it goes. We, we, we heard all of these things, but many have never stopped to really think about who Sapphira and Pua is. Who, who, or who they are, and what really transpired in verses 15 through 21 in Exodus chapter 1. We, we, we remember all the greats, but we don't think about the others. In fact, these two women were so important that their names were recorded in the Scripture. No one can tell you the name of Pharaoh because he don't matter. We want to talk about Old King Pharaoh, 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 let my people... What was his name? The Lord didn't think it was important enough for you to know his name, but he did think it important enough for us to know these two names, Sapphira and Pua. So who were they? They were mighty. And I'm not dumb enough to, to think that these were the only two midwives, that these were the only two, but I do know that the Pharaoh talked to them, and he was talking with them, and asked them to do what he wanted them to do. But it's no coincidence that the Pharaoh chose two midwives that were God-fearing people. He just happened to pick the, the two, the, or, or two of the ones who feared the Lord and not him. I don't think so. They were God-fearing women, and, and, and I believe that it was God's work being shown what man has tried to do or what man tries and plans to do. If it's not in God's will and it's not in His order, it's not going to work. The Pharaoh said, if it be a son, kill him. abortion and the birth and murder of babies is nothing new. It's been going on for a long, long, long time. If it be a man's son, kill him. If it's a daughter, let her live. But, the word says, but the midwives feared God, not man. They feared God so much that they did exactly what the king told them not to do. They let the males live and and the king of egypt said why why have you done this why have you not done as i have commanded it's just my thought uh, uh, they were they were maybe they were thinking you, you, well you're the king of egypt you're pharaoh but i serve the king of kings and I, I know i know one greater than you the reason was the Hebrew women are, li are, 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 are lively and deliver before the, the midwives can get to them. And they were laid on purpose, maybe kind of like church folks. You, want, you ever want church folks to get there on time, you need to tell them 30 minutes earlier because I don't know why. I don't understand it, but we can get everywhere. We can get to work on time. We can get everywhere, but you can't get to church on time. I just don't get it. And I've been, I'm guilty too. But that's just church, especially Pentecostal people. We always late. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm not. If you're late, I'm not harping on you. But if you're late in the driving service, everybody knows it. <laughs> you can't sneak in. But it's all right. I mean, I'm not mad at you. I promise. I, I'm just glad you're here. 
Verse 20 says, Therefore God dealt with the midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very mightily. Verse 21, And it came to pass, because the midwives feared God, that he made them a house. God blessed them. God blessed these two women. The king, the pharaoh was mad at them, but God blessed them with their own family. What would have happened if these two women would not have feared God, if they would have done what pharaoh... What would have happened if... Why do we spend so much time worrying about if? It didn't happen. It didn't. It was not God's plan. We talk about if, and you, you may ask yourself these questions, if I would have or if I would not have. I talked about this last week. If you did, then you did. If you didn't, you can't change it anyway. Keep moving forward. Sapphira and Pua, they had not... What if they would not have feared God and they would have listened to him? And it, it doesn't matter again because that was not God's plan. So why then, if it was God's plan for his people to prosper, would he allow such a scheme of man to come to this point? We ask ourselves, if, or you hear these, if God was such a good God, why would he let such bad things happen? God is a God of uh, gives us a, a, a choice. We are people of free will and moral decisions. And it's not he that lets things happen. We let things happen. If you read in Deuteronomy 28, you'll find out that he, he desires to bless us, to prosper us, that we are called to be the head and not the tail, that we are called to be blessed when we go in and when we come out. But when we choose to remove ourselves from his prescribed order of victory, then we take ourselves away from those blessings and things come our way. So we worry about those things, and it's, we want to know why, why, why. It's simple because had Israel not suffered greatly, they would have never wanted to leave. I'm, I, I know what I think about this whole pandemic, if that's what you want to call it, or a plandemic, or whatever you want to call it. I know what I think about all of this stuff, but I do know this, that the Lord has allowed it. Maybe it's because some people had gotten way too comfortable in what they were doing and where they were. Maybe he wanted you to leave. Maybe he wanted you to, he wanted you to do something different. If they'd not have suffered, they'd have never wanted to leave. He let them suffer but not die. In the midst of all the chaos and the turmoil, the harsh working conditions, God was still at work protecting them from the unknown. They had no idea that, that the Pharaoh wanted to, had a plan to kill the firstborn or the, the son. They, they had no idea, but God was protecting them anyway. You have no idea what the Lord is keeping you from. You have no idea what saint of God is out somewhere praying for you and lifting you up in prayer. There was an old song they used to sing when, way, way back when I was in Randlow Church of God, and I just remember it so vividly. And it was, somebody prayed for me. They had me on their mind, sacrificed their time. They got down on their knees and prayed for me. I had no doubt that God would bring me out. I'm so glad that someone prayed for me. They would sing this song, and I remember that as a child, even if I was under the pew. 
I still remember that very song and thinking about the saints of God that are lifting others up in prayer and praying, and the Lord is moving and working and protecting us from things. We have no idea of what they are. So in the midst of it all, he was working. But what about the things that we've been kept from? What about the things you've been kept from even in the midst of your trial? Because you've looked at what you think is the worst, but we don't know. It's not always about the thing or the people that you can see. Our faith has got to be great even when it's unnoticed. If your faith is working to get you favor or to get you fame, it's not really called faith. It's called greed. It's called self. It's called pride. Listen, faith is faith. If it's noticed or not, it does not move. It does not waver. The tomato seed that somebody just planted, or I don't know if you plant them or not right now, I guess. Do you plant them yet? Maybe. I don't know. We're just going to pretend everybody's planted a tomato seed. The one that is noticed because in about a month or two I see the, 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 the tomato growing. Listen, that seed was a seed just like the one that I never saw. They're both the seed. I want to give you some examples of Sephira and, and, and Pua's. And I'm not saying this to blow them up, but people like Robert and Lynn Sapp who pray for you every week who has a program on the computer of hundreds of names listed that what they need and why they need it, and they go to you in prayer on Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock. They faithfully pray for you guys, and they teach the Word. People like Beth Farbaugh, or as, as the Fosters call them, the Fireballs, and Debbie Hare, who makes the bulletins every week so you guys will know what's going on and you can keep up with what's going on and, and see those things and see the prayer needs and you can call their names out. Someone that's near and dear to our hearts, or was and still is, the memories, Frederick Plaston Morrison, who gave Summer and myself the very first opportunity to minister. What about some people that aren't here, but they are here and we know them, John and Rhonda Morris, who made crafts, and John would be out here working, and we would see them pull up early and unloading the truck and moving things and doing what Rhonda told them because he was a good husband. I know you're in West Virginia, and I'm pro you're probably watching John and Rhonda. But they didn't do it for notoriety, and they didn't do it for a pat on the back. They did it because they knew that there was a cause, and we know this cause is called Seats for Souls, and they were able to raise and sell enough to pay for the chairs in the sanctuary, not only here, but some other places. Someone like maybe Charlotte Waldrop, who makes sure that the church is clean and paints and cooks and sews and sings, and Lord, I don't she does about everything. Or a man named Oscar Stalkup who sowed into Summer and I and gave us resources for our ministry. Or, or a man by the name of Joe Hall who would stop and make sure that Summer and I were okay when nobody else would. We know most of these names. Some of them we don't. But on a grand scale, these names aren't known worldwide. If I were to be faced with a situation like Sephira and, and, and Pua, I pray that my faith would be that solid, that I would not move, that I would not waver, because it's easy to talk about. It's easy to be a warrior behind the pulpit or a keyboard. There's a, I've said this, and I'll say it until, until, I, until I'm blue in the face. 
there's a lot of pastors who are big and, and they're mighty warriors and they're, they're, they like to spray it and spit it. But when the rubber meets the road, where are they? Where are they? Where are the church folks who talk about everything in the world and about everybody in the world? Where are the church people? Where are we when we're faced with a situation like this? When, when we're faced literally with life or death, or we know the circumstance or the outcome if we choose to do whatever it may be. Faith to say no, even when I'm risking my own life in order to be obedient. It could come down to that now. I don't know. I know that everybody rides down this road don't really like what we're doing, but guess what? I don't care. We're not here to please everybody. We're here to lift up the name of Jesus. The fact of the matter is that everybody's not on the same page as you. Everybody's not worshiping just as you are. Everybody's not looking for what you're looking for or, or crying out for what you're crying out for. We don't all have to be known, but we all have to be obedient. All of us. We all have to strive for the same purpose, to see the lost saved, to see the saint grow, to be Christ-like. What about the Epaparis? Where are they? Who was preaching to the people of Coloss? who contended for others in prayer. We, 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 we talk about Paul writing the letter, but what about Epaphras who was preaching to those and teaching him? What about the Nympha, who, who, Nymphia who, who opened her house to let the church of Laodicea meet there? Though we may not use these names in everyday conversation, they were certainly most important enough for the Holy Spirit to make sure they're recorded in Scripture. Though names like uh, uh, a Kim or a Carl Munson or, or Israel or Ashley Nesbitt or, or a Connie Bailey or a Bobby Dillard or a Jason and Summer Collins or, a, or a Arlene Hart or a, or a Linda Gunter or, 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 or so on and so on. Though these names are not on the lips of everyday people, they are important enough to be recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. And when the roll is called up yonder, guess what? I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. What matters is that he calls you by your name. Isaiah 43 and verse 1. People always just talk. That's just talking about the children of Israel. God's word is all of it is for me. Isaiah 41, 3 says, I've called you by name and you are mine. Sometimes we spend so much time and effort on trying to, to be recognized that we forget whose we are. It boils down to this, faith not fame. Back in the early 2000s, I guess it was, or well, yeah, the next phones came out. I hated those things. I had one, but I hated them. And I, when, I, when I, this means nothing to you, but I'm trying to use this as an example. Uh, you were like the big dog in the construction site if you had a Nextel because they got those for the boss in there. You, you talk to everybody. And we were out eating lunch, and, and uh, I was watching a guy. He wanted to be noticed so badly. And uh, I had mine was going off, and I, I turned it off and put it in my pocket. And somebody else's beeped, and he would pull his 
it, I knew it was not a next tail, but pull it out and look at it like it was his beeping. And I guess people, I don't know why he wanted to have a next tail so bad. And, and those don't even matter anymore. There's, there's, I don't even think they make them anymore. But he wanted to be recognized. And, and I know that seems foolish and dumb, but a lot of times we church folks, we want to be recognized. We want our voice to be heard. We want our, our stance to be seen. We want us to be. It don't matter. What we are called to do is to reach the lost, to save the lost. We ain't going to save them, but he will. To bring them to Christ, to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and to see that saint grow. If they know who did it or not, it does not matter. I don't want to be seen. I, even in fact, I don't care if they hear me or hear you or whoever else. They need to hear the Word of God. And they need to know that it is Christ and Christ alone that is their only hope. The fact of the matter is that we don't live in the United States of America anymore. It is not united. It is divided. It is divided on, on basis of social stance, of race, religion, uh, political parties. It is a divided nation. And I can promise you that no president, no governor, no congressman, no senator, no mayor, no city councilman or woman is going to bring hope and healing to a hurting and, div and divided nation. It is only going to come through one man, and his name is Jesus Christ. And if the church don't start preaching the Word of God and get off your political soapbox and start preaching the Word of God and giving them Jesus, nothing's going to change. It is Christ alone. Christ alone. So we have to preach the word. It boils down to faith and not fame. In Matthew 17, verse 20, Jesus said, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Faith. It's not a matter of how much or how little. It's a matter of what it's anchored in. If your faith is not anchored in the finished work of Christ, you're frustrating the grace of God. I have, I've made a statement before. If our faith could be as great as the enemy's fear, then things would change. Do you hear me? If our faith could be as great as the enemy's fear, then things... The Pharaoh had a fear of God's people. Why? Because he feared they would multiply and overtake what he planned to do. Listen, it ain't about us. It's about him, about, about the Lord. The new king of Egypt had a, feared, uh, had a fear and it was great. Again, he was terrified of the people. He didn't want them to multiply. He was afraid that they would, they would just remember, maybe just might remember the promise of the Father. That I've, gave, I've given you a land to possess. So he pressed his fist of iron down harder on their shoulder and increased their affliction. But again, verse 12, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. And I believe that it's time we as the church have uh, we fallen victim to oppression, to the oppression of this world and forgotten whose we are and the promises of God. Sure, I, I've been guilty of complaining. We can't have church inside church. We are the church. I've been guilty, and I've been mad, and I've been frustrated. I've been ready to fight physically. 
I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just going to be honest because I feel like everything that is given to me or freedom that I had is being taken and, and unrightfully so. And I'm not saying that it's not. I still believe that, but I'm not going to fight physically. Lord, it's yours. You handle it. We've been oppressed. We've been pushed down. We've been, we've been almost railroaded. We've heard it from all angles. Summer and I have heard it from everybody, every, every angle you can imagine. Open the door. Don't open the door. Have church here. Don't have church there. Have it outside. Turn it this way. Turn it that way. Turn it up. Turn it down. Inside out and round and round. It don't listen. We're here for one reason, to preach the gospel and to love the body of Christ and to make sure that the gospel does not go unpreached or unspoken and that you as children and saints of God are equipped to go out. We're not... We have never been focused on building a kingdom, but building people and making sure that they understand who they are and whose they are in Christ. So it's time that a lot of you guys remember whose you are in the promise of the Father. And if he's given you a promise, I can tell you right now that you can take it to the bank. So we've been oppressed. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14 says, For you have pressed... My reins, you have covered me in my mother's wombs. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows right well. Ephesians 1 and 4 says, According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, should be holy and without blame before him in love. This is the purpose. To be in Christ. And when you're in Christ, he calls us to be holy, for he is holy. How are we holy? In Christ Jesus. The purpose, we are chosen, and we were chosen for that. Before he knew us, we were chosen for that very purpose. The purpose for which we are chosen can be accepted or denied, one or the other. His purpose for redeeming grace has always and always will be there, but the question is, will you play a part in it? Because I can tell you, everybody is not called to be a Paul or a Matthew or a David or a Daniel. Most of us are Sapphira and Puits. Don't worry about faith or fame. Where is your faith? People say, well, I, well, well I, I, can't, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't be used. Well, I, I've, I've struggled with addiction, but now I'm, well, well, I'm not saying good that you struggle with that, but great that you are free. Now you, the Lord can use you to speak life about freedom into other people's life or a struggle with depression. Well, the Lord can use you to speak hope into someone else who is struggling right now. Grow in your affliction. Or I, or I struggle with alcohol or, or this or that or whatever. Listen, the Lord will use you if you will allow him to. They multiplied in their affliction. Though we are being afflicted, we're not to cower down and be crushed. You should say, Lord, multiply, multiply. Multiply. The question is, where are the Sephira and Puas who are not afraid of the schemes of the enemy, who have made up in their hearts and minds that I'm determined to be used by God in any way, shape, form, or how? The truth is this. 
And I'm sure all of you have heard this quote, singer musicians can make your way back. I'm sure all have heard this quote before. But this is the truth. And this quote comes from an unknown pastor. I'm a nobody telling everybody about somebody who can save anybody. I'm a nobody telling everybody about a somebody who can save anybody. We are great because we're in Christ. We are holy because of Christ. We are chosen in Christ. We are righteous in Christ. We are justified in Christ. Will you grow in your affliction or will you just throw in the towel? We've talked about all kinds of things over these last 60, I think it's been 62 days now, if I may, may be right or wrong, of this stay at home or whatever you want to call it. We've talked a lot about different things. Some we have worried about. I'm not, Listen, I'm right there with you. Lord, they're going to get used to staying at home. When you open the doors, they ain't going to come back. I, I say this in love. If the only reason you came is because it's a comfortable chair to sit in, then you need to search your heart. I know, and I'm not prophesying. I'm telling you what I know. We're going to come out better on the other side. Anytime a Jordan is in your way and you cross, it's always better on the other side. So I'm telling you to grow in your affliction. I want to encourage you today to do something different. And if you don't feel comfortable doing it, stay in your car. But I want to encourage you, if there's a desire in your heart, Lord, use me. Lord, I don't care if my name even isn't known as well as Severa and Pua. I just want to be used by you. I want you to get outside your car and stand beside it. I ain't saying come up here and all that. Just lift your hands up. Because I'm telling you it's going to be better on the other side. Worship as they sing.
Amen. Can we just give some praise to him today? Hallelujah. What a beautiful picture. I wish you could see what I see. What a beautiful picture. He knows our name. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. It's always better on the other side of Jordan. Man, that might just be a sermon one day. <laughs> I want you, if you want to feel comfortable standing there, you can stand there, you can whatever, but we're going to do something we always do just because Mother's Day is outside this year. Don't mean we're going to not do what we